As always, we have Thursday night football in the background, but it's a barn burner as we got the Panthers and the Bears. Ugh. So we went out to the West Coast to get Zach Ford, the author of Called Up, and we got all kinds of other stuff to talk about today instead of Thursday Night Football, but this is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with Mr. Brown and... Canadian Biggie. Just like old times, just the three amigos here. Mongo uh, had fatherly duties, and we never can count on Turbo. Turbo, if you're listening, we miss you, pal. Where you at? But, you know, the only reason why he's got value right now is because he's been picking NFL games right. He's as elusive as the Yeti. He he is the Yeti. And he makes nice decals. He does make nice decals. I forgot the decals, bro. You didn't remind me. Uh, Asking me to remember something 12 hours later with sleep period in between is unlikely to happen. What's crazy is there's people rolling around on the West Coast with we don't know sports decals like crazy. And I just wonder how many times people look at that and like, what the hell's that? Look it up, pal. <laughs> Speaking of West Coast, you know, we have this string of uh, guests that we've been having on the West Coast. We got one on this show, Zach Ford. We've had him on, I think, twice before. Uh, he's a, a professional kayaker of McCovey Cove. Kayaker at McCovey Cove, and now he's a stand-up comedian, a baseball historian, author, and among other things, I'm sure. Yeah, the the book is really cool, though. Right, it's called Called Up, and right. I think it, it, is it officially released or is it, it is. ready to come it, out? It's out. It's released. So it just got released. Yeah. So we strike while the iron's hot, and we're right. going to get his ass back on the show. No, and, and the amazing thing is, it correlates with me too because he he. Um, cross-reference with a lot of players that's in my group. So then a lot of the players in my group is in the, telling their story in this book. So do you get a citation? Probably not. Ah, I like sure some royalties. We're still walking now in the same circles. It makes <laughs> me feel good a little bit. I think we're going to Zach's going to send a cease and desist after this. But Maybe. Uh, no, it's, it is cool because like the called up book and the, the whole premise of it is writing about people that are finally getting to the show, making their big uh, splash on the big stage. And it really doesn't matter. Like, you don't want the stories like your Bryce Harper's out there because those are the phenoms that have been recruited since they were in diapers. So, and here, here's what makes it better for baseball than any other sport to this day. You can you can sit here and debate me if it's America's pastime. I disappointed you because it felt good. By the way, Canadian Biggie. He's but, calling you out, Biggie. Woo-hoo. My point is, when you're on the NBA, you're on the NFL, like, there's – like MLB, you call that player up. You don't know when it's when it's going to happen. It could come at any time. The prize prospect could be like, we're breaking camp. It's going to be, we need something because we started out slow. You're coming up in June. It could be a, pra- a, a trade deadline thing. But, like, they come at all times. So when you get that call, it's way different than any other sport, in my opinion. It is because, like, even when you know it's coming – like, it's still not real until it happens. And you see wow. that, like, guys that have been in AAA that are, like, for sure going to get the call. It's still a big fucking deal. So you think about it in every other sport. As a rookie, you're going to debut in the season opener or something along those lines early in the season. As an MLB player, you might be in your second year or third year in the minors. Season starts in, you know, April, May. Well, it's the end of June. All-Star break's coming up. Somebody's injured. Then you get called up. It's so much different. It's very unique, and that's what makes it great. You don't know why else is different. Have you ever seen how much these kids make in the minors? 
Not much. Nothing at it, all. It, it is ridiculous. They have to. It, it's like uh, six of them living in like a two bedroom apartment, just trying to make ends meet while they're playing for a double A squad in Chattanooga or whatever. I mean, I agree with you. But I mean, the fact is, like any other sport, like when someone says, "I'm getting called up to the show." That means something. But, like, if someone's from the G League comes up and plays <laughs> on a 10-day contract, no one gives a shit in the NBA. But the NBA is probably the next closest one to that. But the one I'm surprised about, and we'll talk more with Zach, and we'll, we got the interview coming up, so stay tuned for that. We'll get his insight and maybe a couple good stories, and maybe we'll find out if he's lost a kayak or two since we've last talked to him. But, you know, I'm surprised the NFL doesn't have – a similar system in place. And maybe we'll get there now that you have like the XFL and the USFL trying to be sustainable, which who knows if that's going to happen. But my God, has this not been the year of the injury bug? Like what is it? A third of the NFL uh, teams have a backup quarterback right now. Wouldn't you want like someone you could tap on the shoulder and call up right now? You literally just made the most sense you've ever made. So this just clicked. This <laughs> Write just, it down, folks. This just clicked in my head. So, we all know that none of these other leagues, the XFL, the Canadian Football League, whatever else is out there, the USFL, USFL, why don't they all accept that they are not as good as the NFL? Well, I think they accept and, and, that. No, I know, but just be the paid affiliate minor league system, just like MLB has their minor league teams. As where everyone has a team in there, and you can have call-ups if you need them. I think college football kind of screws that. that up for the most part, because that's what no. everybody does. Is they just wait on the players that come out of college. But, you know, there, there's uh, – No, but I'm talking about, like, mid-season oh, needs. right. That's where I'm well, at see, with they're you. not going to do that because USL and F- XFL are going to merge, but they're still going to stay a spring sport because you can get people to watch it. If you had them playing at the same time in the, as the NFL does so that they could be a true minor league – I don't know how many people you get to view. I yeah, think the, but they, that's they part still of it. are staying sharp. But I guess you could run them through the summer. So by the time you get to summer camp, at least they're not that far removed. Yeah. But I think the the I problem know. is I, I think the NFL's got a problem with the amount of people they have on the roster. I know the salary cap has a lot to do with that, but the fact that did you see in the the Texans with C.J. Stroud? Can we can we get a round of applause for C.J. Stroud? First Ohio State quarterback ever. Amazing year he's having, and, and I even made a video just for a Houston Texans quarterback this week. That, that should tell you so something. I'm hey. very excited because it's Houston's. I mean the, the Texans, but I, they need to change of name. I, I know, I know you don't like the Texans. Other you know that, that uh, I love the can, can they be the Colt Forty Fives and two zigzags? <laughs> yes. C.J. Stroud's what eight or nine games into his career i it would be i think they've had a bye i think so they're, they're four and four so he's eight games in yep. he has more touchdown passes than kenny Pickett. ah you took my stat of the day hey, i posted that on bit. social media did so you screw really? both of you that's exactly the truth though right and, and like you know i don't know did you i wish turbo was here did you see the noise coming out with george pickens today I did not. I'm I know get, he's morphing into uh, AB. I think the tell Ste- me about the it. Steelers have this song and dance they do with every receiver that they just slowly go crazy and they become a prima donna. But he uh, scrubbed his social media. He he unfollowed his quarterback. How long's Pickens been there? A year and a half. That's all it takes anymore. Like, what right do you have? Look, the Mr. trench Pickens? has been dug by AB, man. They've seen it. Juju followed suit. Now it's George Pickens. They're all just these prima donna receivers. Is it really Pickett? just that much chemical in those three rivers? It's Mike Tomlin, baby. <laughs> those three rivers are Pickett's full been of chemicals. half the time anyway. Yeah. When he is healthy, he only throws to you, Pickens, so suck it up. <laughs> so but that's it, what happened. I think he's from there, is he not? 
George Pickens played at Georgia. No, I meant Kenny Pickett. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He, he played his Pittsburgh. college ball at Pittsburgh, and I think he's he from, from there, Pennsylvania. Though? See, like, he swam in those three rivers, and he, that's why he has those tiny hands. <laughs> that's why he's got the tiny yeah, hands. Bring it all together, guys. <laughs> he's a mutant. Yes. He can go to the gifted home for the young mutants. That's that's <sighs> fun. So, considering, good job. But anyway. Good George, job, buddy. You're doing good. George Pickens, who is nobody. He's only been in the league, as you said, long enough to have a cup of coffee, and yet here he is. Like already complained, and they asked him about it, and he's like, I, "I don't know what you're talking about." He's just like he was trying to. I was just, I was just, I was just cleaning up my social media. Well, is that why you unfollowed your quarterback pal and Mike Tomlin? He's just like, "Oh, you guys make a bigger story out of that than anybody else." Well, yeah, because why did he do it? Yeah, you know, like I get it. Don't overblow it. But at the same time, it is kind of a story. But could you imagine her now being a head football coach and you're having to worry about what are my players' social media accounts doing right now? Well, that's, the <laughs> that's thing, where too. we're at. You could ask questions on stuff that you don't know happened until they asked you. You can't say Vince Lombardi's the greatest coach of all time because he didn't have to deal with TikTok. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's kind of the the way it goes nowadays. But all right, so we we got some little static going on there. What were, we were talking about? C.J. Stroud and the Texans. I can't remember where I was trying to go with that originally. There was something important I had there, but uh, you know, oh, we're we're halfway through the season. He he looks to be the best rookie quarterback. We have the Thursday night game where we have uh, Carolina playing against an. So you have the first overall draft pick. In Bryce Young. Bryce Young going against a undrafted quarterback. Tyson Bajant. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not sure who's going to win. That's going to be we, the Bears. When we do our picks, we always take the better quarterback. Are we taking the undrafted uh, QB tonight? Is that how that goes? I am. I don't know about you I guys. mean, we're biased toward our West Virginia flair because he is from Shepherd University. That's right. Originating from Martinsburg. Do you know what Shepherd is? you know what their fight name is, the mascot? Probably like the uh, the Warhawks. No. Shepherd. Uh, Huskies. It starts with an R. Republicans. It's the Shepherd. No, it's the Rams. Ah. <laughs> we said we're not supposed to be political on this show, damn it. No, we can say it on here. <laughs> Nobody's listening. Exactly. It's fine. <laughs> well, you no. said R word, and I knew not to comment. They, <laughs> yeah. They they, that. You know what we call that? That's progress. That is <laughs> growth. All right, so we have uh, we have a crappy Thursday night game. So I got something special to show you guys later. I can't wait. That's a teaser for later in the yeah, show. You're freaking me out when man. we get to our pop culture segment. But let's let's go to the world of college football and the Harbaugh thing. It just won't go away. And I feel like it's the equivalent of Taylor Swift in the NFL. It's getting that much coverage when it comes to the. Uh, you know, the college landscape and they're, they've not punished Michigan at all yet. They, they say they're not going to punish Harbaugh. They, the staffer that Biggie said was a fake person. Turns out he wasn't. No, he's a real person. He was going by a fake name. What's his real name? Well, what I know it's that is Stallings real is or whatever it is. The two firms hired to investigate Michigan are uh, related to Ryan Day people investigating uh, they're from columbus right <laughs> no they were no they're related they're ryan oh, day's family they're like his brother-in-law and or they something? are from columbus <laughs> i wouldn't expect you know this is why college athletics is so good is because in the nfl you're gonna have corporate get involved but at the college level you're still gonna get like ryan day's brother-in-law to come start this investigation he, he gets on himself and he's like hey 
you know what to do. Yep, I got it. And then it's taken care of. My favorite statement about this was from Colin Cowherd, who said, we'll see how this plays out, but you want to know why it's an issue now? If it's something that they must be cheating, because they had outscored opponents they're by winning. 240 points through six games, and Ohio State can't compete with them anymore. Ask the Astros. Nobody was checking on the A's to see if they were cheating, but everybody checked on the Astros, right? That's what happens, man. When you're a winner, everybody's got – Hey, you're a Patriots fan. You know how it feels, pal. No, instead of getting well, better, these last, why are they better than us? They got to be cheating. <laughs> they, the, do you see these last cheats. three years and then this season validate everything I've ever said? Because if the Patriots and Bill Belichick were so great at cheating, why did they quit doing it or not be so good when they didn't have Hall of Fame players like Gronk and Brady? I, I guess. Thank I, you. Listen, think about this period coming up for the Patriots, Chad. You know, like I love history of sports specifically baseball, but anytime I see a pre-Tom, or I'm sorry, Drew Bledsoe Patriots player just on Google, because I'm always looking at photos, <laughs> I'll send it to Biggie, and he don't even know who the hell it is half the time. What? what? My point is. He's calling you out, Biggie. He's no. full of fucking shit. No, <laughs> he like, sent me a picture of a quarterback from 80, 1876. I knew who that was. My title. <laughs> it's Ben Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> That's a James K. Polk. No, but I'm just saying, man, like that's that's the era we're gonna be in for the Patriots for the foreseeable future is those types of Patriots where their uniform is better than anything else clearly on the field. So like Ben Franklin was a real Patriot. Though, yes. So that counts. He should recognize him. I'm just saying, welcome to hell, Biggie. I'm a Raiders fan. Let's we'll hang out for the next. Oh, well, two so decades. speaking, speaking, <laughs> nice, nice segue. Way to plant the segue in there. I'll let Biggie respond if he wants to. We'll never land where you are, but I'm glad that your door's <laughs> open. You're worse than us now. It's a long way down. I'm just going to let you know. But speaking of your Raiders and where you're at right now, so here's my question for both of you guys. You got uh, Antonio Pierce. Raiders lighting up cigars like Joe Burrow in the national championship game because they beat the Giants and they whipped their ass. They did what we thought they would. I think we all picked them to cover last week, which was the first time all year. And Jimmy Garoppolo still is like the leader of the NFL in interception. So he's not coming out. We got O'Connell playing. But here's my question. Is Pierce just going to have the Jeff Saturday effect? where you get that one game where everything looks right, and then now week two gets a little more difficult, or is this sustainable? I mean, it's the Raiders, so nothing's sustainable, first of all, That's to answer true. your question. Um, but they weren't just celebrating because uh, like, because they beat whoever, they, the Giants. They were celebrating because this is Pierce's first NFL victory. And they fired Josh McDaniels. They fired Josh McDaniels. You have team like headliners – Crosby, Jacobs, um, Devontae Adams, all celebrating because he's gone now, which tells me how toxic that locker room truly was. It really was bad, wasn't it? So now, and then immediately, because everyone knew that Jimmy G was not the best quarterback to lead this team, if you think and you're going to try to win every single week, it's the rookie, unfortunately. After you, I mean, I, I would get starting Jimmy G for like the first two weeks, but once you see, because you, you don't want to throw the rookie to the fire. But once you see it, like, and he he has been god awful. All right, so you got to ride with the rookie, and as soon as that happened, they committed to the run and made him more look like a Brock Purdy type quarterback, where he just managed game the manager, game. Don't make mistakes. I know it was the Giants, but I'm just saying the whole philosophy changed. I've been saying Aiden O'Connell since preseason, have I not? 
Yeah, you, you been, have. I'll give bigger. you credit. The other thing about that game is they play the Giants, who are really, really bad. They are, aren't they? So I do think that it'll be more than just that Jeff Saturday effect. I really like Pierce. Um, I do think they'll be better going forward because they have talent. And there was like a switch that was flipped. They want to play for him. My favorite part of Josh McDaniels getting fired and Pierce getting the job is that they have a players-only meeting. And then they're they're just all over McDaniels when he comes into there and they're just talking down on him. So he asked Antonio Pierce to speak on his behalf. Or on the coaching staff's behalf. And and Pierce gives this big speech about how we were the big underdogs against the Patriots, but you got to believe you can win. (laughs) Oh, and he said, don't, you had to mention the Patriots like that. Don't talk about the Patriots like that. Get the name out your mouth. He started going Jada Pinkett. You're going to say that with people who the franchise is involved with the tuck rule? Get the hell out of here. And when, he's been fired on the spot. When that conversation got <laughs> to Mark about Davis, that. that's when he fired him. Was McDaniels that there in the, in the tuck rule? I don't know, but it my point matter. is, you don't no. say that in this Raiders locker room. <laughs> Those but wounds still have You don't healed. talk about the Patriots in a Raiders locker room in a positive way. <laughs> Fire him on the spot after that. Well, they almost did. The, the way the story goes oh. is that they had that meeting it got up to Mark Davis later in the day or however much longer it took that uh, there was an issue with him talking about the Patriots, blah, blah, blah. Mark Davis fired him. So I don't know that that's the reason why. I'm just saying that's the funniest part about it. You ask him to speak on your behalf, he does, and then you get fired and he gets your job. So speaking of guys that might get fired, your, your boy, like I, I don't think they're going to fire him, but all of a there sudden, I'm seeing all year. these rumors about where Belichick's going next now. I what? keep seeing the rumors that like they may even fire him after he loses in Germany to the Colts. They're just going to leave him in Germany? But you, like Biggie's going to – They let McDaniels like, come home. Like Biggie's going to say, though, you, they just signed this man to uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, extension in NFL history, and you're just going to give away all that guaranteed well, money? Well, the Raiders are spending $84 million well, on, on people not to run I, I their program. I would say it's safe to say, but, and I hate to say this, that the Patriots are slightly ran better than the Raiders. And they probably got more money. I, I, I know for a fact. More rewards points more, at Asian massage parlors. That, that's true. They get that card. Hey, the fifth one, you get a free one. Yeah. That's how that works. See, in Vegas, you don't need rewards points. You no. just walk in. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> got to visit Vegas. Hey, well, take your money and charge you like a gold card. All right, Becky, what you got? Yeah, I can what, tell. What's up with Belichick, man? Well, I was going to say they gave him what's reported to be a five-year extension in the offseason, and that leaked recently, and I'm assuming it's Belichick for all these people who are talking about him getting fired so that it'll kind <laughs> of shut guess? him up. How'd you guess? Yeah. I mean, he's not going anywhere. What happens anytime in America? You want to build something up and then you want to tear it down. Well, the Patriots are bad right now, so everybody wants to shit on Bill Belichick. He's getting fired, blah, blah, blah. It's not going to happen. Now, at the end of the year, may he decide to stop, may Kraft say let's go somewhere different? Possibly. Even though he signed the extension, it's not happening mid-season. Oh, it is. In the 70s. 70. Is he only 70? Which is weird because... 10 years ago, they did a documentary on him, and he was talking about, I won't be Marv Levy. I won't be coaching when I'm 70. Hell, he won't. Here he is, 70, and he just signed an extension. But he looks the same, though. Think he won't tell the, you this, but it's very ima- important for him to pass Don Shula for all-time wins. And he very well could. What, what's the status? Belichick's at 300, and Shula's at 329. Oh, so he get there in like three seasons. Yes. No, he can do that. If he had three, you know, decent seasons, not so having a Here's that my roster. question. Let's say... If- However, it happens. Let's say that uh, he gets let go from the Patriots contract. 
Would anyone else sign him? Oh, yeah. I think there'd be a handful of teams All out right. there would so, give him the reins. So what we're saying is he has three years left in him to probably pass him regardless. Yeah, I mean, if you were like the Chargers, yeah, the, whether or it's the Cardinals the, or a yeah. team like that, you 100% would. Even the Texans. So, like, Texans, you're going to move on from a one-year coach right it's now. safe to say right now what you're saying is unless something happens tragically, this is going to be your all-time wins leader. I, I think, I think. well, I don't know. Why they tragically? Gotta, Why is it tragically? No, because they could tragically fire him, and then he could just never show up. No, again. I just meant something had happened, man. You know, stuff happens. Are we I doing you meant a bit tragic early? that he was the all-time wins leader. <laughs> no, I just meant like he may not get there because he may drop dead because of he's a perfectionist. You know, you said something about Hubie uh, Brown that was off-collar. Be careful, Mr. Yeah, no. Brown. Be I can't careful. have uh, – Don't age discriminate. Because he come at me a second time. <laughs> Friends of the show don't need to be enemies of the show. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean – Yeah, true. I don't see it happening. I see him coaching out this year. They're not good this year. They'll retool, get healthy on defense. Are they going to be a Super Bowl contending team? No, but I think they'll be back to what they were the previous couple of years where they were in the playoffs. That's and an awful just lot of optimism short. for me. I, I don't see it. But to be a playoff team in the NFL, you got to stay healthy and be well coached. Those two things they can do. This They're going to win the Super Bowl. It takes so much but to I, be well, there. Like, I, I get their – it's one thing to ask for a Super Bowl. It's another thing to ask to be competitive in the division. I, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Make it. If he passes Don Shula, it won't it won't be in New England. It won't be in New England. I agree with that. I because I just I just don't see it, man. Like look, all right, so let's like let's let's separate <laughs> let's separate the uh the, the hate for a second and just having fun. Like a serious talk just for ten seconds because we can't sustain it very long. Belichick and the Patriots in 2023 seem several steps behind almost every other team in the NFL. Like, they're lucky to win any game they're in. They don't seem to be a favorite in almost any game they're in. Like, even when they play the Commanders, it's like, oh, they're probably going to lose. I mean – They were a three-point favorite. But, but like, you didn't feel good about it. I picked them to cover. Did they? <laughs> hey, it was a three-point game. <laughs> But no, my, my well, point is they've fallen so much. What do you see that's given you optimism that they're going to so, fix so it? Can I, can I jump in real quick before he answers? Because I've been in dis- disparity for a while now, as of you, Chad. Yeah. But, like, if we lined up, me and the Patriots today, the Raiders and the Patriots, the Raiders would be the favorite. They would. Uh, act, didn't we just beat the Patriots this year? Right. A couple of weeks ago, yeah, they played. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. That's what I'm saying. It would happen again. And the fact that I know my team's dog shit and he's <laughs> not at grips with it, he's in denial because he's not used to this. I am. I've seen this before. I'm trying to prepare him, but he's in denial. He, having a bad season and Rose being dog glasses. shit for 20 years and blaming it on a fumble no, are but two different things. No, wait, wait, wait. I'm talking about current product, we're, bro. We're not talking about the tuck rule. We're talking and about I'm just openly the saying I'm hoping for a top five pick this year because our team is not good. All right. So you're thinking if they have the good draft pick that Belichick's prowess in the draft is going to be able to turn it around. Well, I mean, he'll steal some players here and there, but. Their offensive line is weak this year, where they've been strong every year under Belichick because they had a good line and they had a good line coach. They're weak there, and the only way you succeed with Mac Jones is if you have a great line and skill position, which they don't. Their best players, most money was spent on defense. Those guys are hurt. What I'm saying is you give it an offseason, you get guys healthy, you retool. There's no reason they can't be a wild card team. Am I thinking so, they're going to win the division? They're all of a sudden going to be better than the Bills and the Dolphins? No. But I, to be as bad as they are this year, no. 
I don't want to talk him out of his optimism. I think it's endearing. It's cute. It, it's interesting that he feels the way he does. Uh, from a Raiders fan to a Bengals fan that's been mired in below mediocrity before. You know, I admire that. I once had hopes and dreams, but... Uh, Do you know, you know why I'm optimistic? <laughs> the Bengals are one of the worst run franchises in the history of football. Not anymore, baby. The Raiders are a shit a- show, okay? What's it got to do? Why are you tearing the better? Us down, yeah. Don't don't use no, our franchises to prop you up. That's why you were bad for so long because they're poorly <laughs> ran. Well ran franchises are typically competitive, even if they have a down year, they'll get the right. Co- hey, look here's at the my Eagles point. The last ten I'm, I'm going to put the nail in the coffin right here. Here's the thing, Biggie. Yeah, look she, at the Eagles the last you, twenty. Years. You had a great run yeah. because you had Brady. But guess what? You are no Pittsburgh Steelers, sir. And guess where Brady's at? He's on the Raiders, and he's part of the decision-making process. I'm just saying, Maybe you the can Raiders win keep now. retooling. That's right. I'm sorry. I mean, the, the Steelers, because to me, the Steelers are more because of a – Because they're well Well, ran. they're probably the best ran. That's my Other point. Other than creating crazy-ass wide receivers, they do everything else really well. That's what I'm saying. A well-ran franchise has a chance to go through a lull and rebound quickly. If you poorly ran, you're worse for a longer period of time, uh, I guess uh, is my And point. I agree with that. All right. So, at Big, he's, he's going to down that horse. He's got the – I'm not going to take it from him. No, I, I appreciate fine. that. Uh, it is what it is. I just – I just, I think it's the end. I think it's over. And I think if Belichick's still there next year, I'd be amazed because I don't think it's going to end very well. But we got a couple other things I want to hit, too. Then we got to take a break. I got to take a piss. But uh, number one, Carson Wentz has made an appearance. Did you see this? Yes, he signed with the quarterback needy team in the NFC. The Rams. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, is, is here's my question. Just, just yes or no. Will Carson Wentz be on an NFL roster in 2024? No. Will he win a game down the stretch? Yes. Probably not on a roster, though. Yeah, like I think this is it, right? Like it would take a miracle for him to – because remember, with him, it's a lot of the he's not a good leader, he's toxic in the clubhouse, he keeps to himself, and as a quarterback – So essentially be, what we're seeing is what happened with Baker a year later. Well, so, no, he's like Baker Mayfield without any endearing qualities. That's what I'm saying. So let's see if he, he does something here. If, maybe. Baker, if all the teammates hated Baker Mayfield, you get Carson Wentz. Yeah, exactly. You know the craziest thing about Carson signing with the Rams is that his career trajectory was to be like – maybe a Hall of Fame quarterback, at least the NFL MVP of the year. The Eagles won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. What happens? He blows his ACL out in L.A. against the Rams. Career downfall. What happens years later when he can't get a starting job or even a job in the league? Gets a job with the Rams. So Full then, circle. Why is he such a dick then, Chad? I don't know. I mean, I don't know him personally. I didn't know all this to be true. I'm just reading reports. It's what everybody says. It's is the it, word is, on is the this, street. Is this the word on the street? He's just the word dick? on the streets. He's a... Uh, not a good teammate. He's an unlikable teammate. Now, I don't know if he's an ass, but he's just, you know. North Dakota well, by nice trade are kind of assholes, <laughs> though, so it makes sense. I'm a nice man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. Badass Billy Gunn approves of this message. All right. Uh, we also have another quarterback to touch on, and I almost hate to do it because, man, you want to talk about the overreaction of the week? It was from Aaron Rodgers showing up on the field and throwing 40-yard bombs with this uh, Achilles rehab, but he's out there. He's been doing that the last couple weeks. But now he did it on national TV in the a pregame warm-up. Yeah, so here, here's the thing. Uh, is this just, you know, talk? Like, he he was whispering to people, like, I'll see you in a few weeks. And he say, they had to ask him about it. He said he was just joking. It was kind of tongue-in-cheek. 
Is he coming back this year? Like, are you starting to believe some of the hype about the uh, magical? Aaron Rodgers has a weird relationship with science. That's all I'll say. <laughs> he needs to go on the Joe Rogan podcast. That's what needs to happen. So he, he is like a deity of the pagan rituals. Something like that. So, Ayahuasca. So, yeah, whatever, whatever it's worked for him, I think it's working. It is amazing that he's out there However, throwing the ball. He'll be back, but that's only if the Jets allow him to be back because you got to be in the playoffs. So like sir, you got to be. You in might con- want to be be back, but they're not going to. They have to be in contention. But here's the thing: the AFC East, as strong as they looked at the beginning of the year, especially with how Miami looked, they don't seem that strong now. They seem kind of fragile. Jets are sitting at four and four. If they're still at that 500 or a game above seven at six towards the end of the season, why wouldn't you bring them back? I mean, I think that's where you got to you got to choose because here's the thing: like. It's not like he's 25 and you're worried about sacrificing his career. You gave up a lot for him. At this point, I don't know what still holds value that window's as far small. as where the pick is with how many snaps he plays, all that crap. But he's 39. He wants to play. Put him out there. I, I agree. I, I, you're the New York Jets. You haven't made the playoffs since 2011. Play him. Exactly. So here's my question. Will he play this year? No. You say no. I'm going to say no because the Jets won't allow him to. They're not going to have a good enough record. I'm going to say yes. I think they're somehow going to be right there in they're it. They're going to sneak and, in as a wild card. And I think Aaron Rodgers okay. is the kind of guy that just likes to flip everybody off, and there's not a better way of saying Well, like, they're only a game out of the lead for the division. Right. And Here's the crazy part. He would be the guy that didn't even play at all until the playoffs and jump in and be a vulture. <laughs> he could, right? <laughs> He could end up coming in and being really good. Yeah. I mean, especially. Like, Aaron Rodgers hasn't played since week one, and he comes in and throws three touchdowns and 340 Well, at this rate, he's probably going to be playing somebody's third string XFL call-up quarterback anyway. It's crazy. So he might well, be your best option. That would be must-see TV. I'll give it that. I got a uh, spur-of-the-moment NFL quarterback pop quiz for you two. Uh-oh, oh, no. This will be from your heyday. This should be easy. Can you give me, give me as many as you can of the top ten NFL passing yards leaders for the 90s, for the whole decade. For the 90s? For the whole for decade. For the whole decade? So I'll give you the number one because it's easy. Dan, Dan Marino. Marino. So yeah. how many quarterbacks threw for a lot of yards in the 90s? Steve Young. Steve Young is number five. Warren Moon, Warren Moon is number three. Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly Troy is number 10. Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman is number five. Or Ooh. Sorry. Who's number yeah, two? He's five. Young was six. Who would be number two? You um, said Jim Kelly. Man, uh, oh, thick boys. Shout out Brett Favre. Yes. Um, Vinny Testaverde. He is number eight. Oh, that was a good one. Can you spell Testaverde? T E. It's okay. Letters. You know who I think it is? Who? Rick Meyer. <laughs> Neil O'Donnell. <laughs> You're forgetting an obvious one, guys. Uh, wait, obvious one. Uh, oh, no. Party foul. Oh, Look no. down. Sorry. Uh, we just lost some spillage. No, no, no. Um, We're good. All right. So give me AFC or NFC? AFC. AFC. Uh, Jim Montana. Nope. <laughs> no, he didn't play long enough. Not AFC. <laughs> this one's for. Oh, John Elway. Yes. I thought I said John Elway. No. Oh, my bad. Ooh, this is brutal. Mm. How many are we missing? Three. Bubby Brister. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Wait. Uh, uh, this Randall guy Cunningham. Was, uh, Randall pre- Cunningham. Uh, he's number 12. Oh. This quarterback made Tom Brady become famous because he bled uh, Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. Drew Bledsoe threw for a lot of yards. Uh, this quarterback got in a fight with a commentator. Oh, that's uh, Chris Everett. Jim Everett. No, <laughs> it's Chris. 
And then uh, this quarterback played for multiple teams. Jeff George. Of an Jeff arm, George. It was an Is asshole. it Jeff George? Jeff George. Yes, Jeff George. Dude, I forgot. That dude put up numbers everywhere he went. That was Jay Cutler before Jay Cutler. Yeah. Put some so, respect on I felt like he was way better than Jay Cutler. I don't know about that. <laughs> Put it on the poll. We'll see what people say. We need to do that. All right, that's enough NFL talk. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a second. Big Timber Brewery and Tap Room is located in the heart of Appalachia, Elkins, West Virginia. Their name pays homage to the surrounding forests and the industry that built the community. Big Timber makes beer we love and enjoy doing it, creating a product that we, our town, and our state can take pride in. What started as a dream became a reality in 2014 when their first keg went out the door. Their commitment to beer and community continues to grow stronger every day. Pick up a pack of Big Timber at your local store today. All right, don't forget we have our other episode coming out uh, later this week where we do our NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks. We love talking NFL, but let's talk a little NBA here and we don't always have a lot to talk about, but I, I just have a question. Are you guys excited at all for this NBA in-season tournament? Other than the super colorful floors they got out there, what what is the point of this? Is this going to help with their TV ratings so they can get a better contract? Mr. Brown, can you explain to me how the in-season tournament works? Because I'm not excited for it, and I also don't know how it under how it works. I didn't even know what it was. I was going to watch a game anyway, and I saw that they brought it up, but I looked it up a little bit, and all I know was – it said it was a basically a meaningless tournament to get fans excited before uh, Christmas. Yeah, they're they're putting money on it, so the players get like half a mil or something like that. Which the way these but, contracts are, that doesn't even matter now. Doesn't it work out that they wanted to reduce the season and a load, but one team will end up or two teams play, will end up one, playing yeah, one two teams extra will play game. an extra game. So all these games count with the standings, except for the championship game of the in season tournament. They're trying to copy like what they do in the Premier League or some shit like that. But basically, they're doing the seeding based off of last year. I'm telling you, it's Adam like Silver is the dumbest <laughs> motherfucker that's a commissioner in all of pro sports. You know, we were getting Period. a lot of uh, hate about the World Series and the amount of viewership. But, like, the NBA is resorting to these types of things to try to get viewership up. Well, me, me and Mr. Brown were sitting last night. We watched uh, the Bulls play. The, I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness gracious. The Suns, man. The Suns. And they lost in overtime. We were talking about this, what you just said. The NBA season typically starts Christmas Day as like their kickoff, even though it's, you know, 20, 25 games into the season. Well, I just saw something yesterday that said like that was Shaq's first game ever. And I'm like, dude, we've already been in two weeks of the season now. Yeah, so like they start the season earlier, so they don't have to play as many back-to-backs. And then they try this in-season tournament. It doesn't make any sense to me. Other than the courts being different, I wouldn't know there was anything going on. Right. Like it's so meaningless. Are they doing like special jerseys or anything? Is that going to get people like City Connect baseball jerseys on Friday nights? Nothing that I'm aware of. It's just it's so terrible. I just it's 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 just bad. I don't I don't like any of the marketing that went into the season. But I was telling Biggie this. uh, I've told him this for like a week and a half now. The defense level of the NBA in this early season has been picked up tremendously, and I've actually enjoyed watching it. Do you think that's just because it just started? Like, is it going to feel that way in January? You I, think? I can't say that, but I don't remember him playing this type of defense right now, even because like they're actually out there competing, and it looks good. And they've actually talked about they had some rule changes, I think, about the uh, 
load management and all that. So well, they need to. And I, you know, I'm playing fantasy basketball. I didn't last year. You guys always play it. And I, I showed you earlier, I have like six players on the injured list. Like this is, this is stupid. And they're not injured, injured. They just need an excuse to take a night off. Right. And it's just, it's out of control. It's like somebody's got a little bit of a a tweaked ankle and it's like, ah, they'll sit down for two weeks because of load management. And like, that's how they're getting around it. They just keep saying people's hurt. Like, I just, this isn't the NBA I grew up with and it's hard for me to follow. And I, I get that like the players are more talented than they ever have been. They're more athletic. They, and the offense is wide open. So here's my, but I hate that there's no defense. Here's my pitch to you, Chad. Pitch, please. Yes, there's not as many players that's like your traditional NBA you grew up with, but pick out those players you see today that are like the clock has never went forward. There's players like that today. You just got to get out here and watch it. Like who? Who do you oh, get excited for? I, I like Giannis. I think he's an old school player. I like, uh, of course, it's Javon Carter because he's a WVU guy. Yeah, but, but he's, like like a, he's a backup, uh, though. DeRozan's a great player. That It's like like a old school type player you have i think the joker you look back as like a old school type the player. joker is fun to watch i so, will say that there are certain teams it is very star driven as far as leagues go probably more than any other league like the nfl we were talking about earlier all these quarterback injuries people still like this crappy thursday night game we're getting ready to turn on people are still going to watch it you know but nobody's well, going to watch the rockets and the king. thunder on a tuesday night yeah the nfl is king how many millions of people will tune into this game tonight between a one and seven team and a two and seven team? I don't know. We will. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's because they're it's- just av- they're marketed so much better. Like just what you said earlier about Adam Silver, and you've said it before. You know, he's not real. He's the men in black guy with the he thing is. Roger Goodell. Not think what you him. want. He is a genius. He makes the NFL billions of dollars. Well, here's the thing, though, Biggie. I'm not. I'm like I agree. He's he's a, he's a decent job at commissioner, but. Let's be real. We're uh, a culture of Neanderthals. So more people are going to like football than baseball because a lot of people like people getting baseball. (laughs) There's my dig right there. That's true. All right. So I I did have another NBA question I want to ask. I know we we try not to bring it up too much because old guys like us, we always want to bring up the GOAT debate and whatnot because everybody wants to talk about how great LeBron is. And, you know, LeBron is one of the greatest players of all time. I think that is not even a a point of contention. However, I don't know of anybody else that likes to chime in on his own legacy as much as LeBron does. You know, I've kind of of had a little bit of – uh, a stink in my crawl about it ever since he said, that's when I know I became the greatest of all time. Like, you don't say that. You let other people say that. Well, I think it was the New York Post or somebody wrote an article and talking about how if he didn't have the heat years, he would be remembered differently as time goes by. And here's the difference with LeBron versus anybody else that's in that GOAT conversation. He goes and he seeks these things out and responds to it. And he says, no, I'd still be King James regardless. It doesn't define my legacy. So I guess my question is, you know, is this insecurity? Is it, does he have a right to defend his legacy? No guy has ever want to be told that he's great more than LeBron. Like he needs that, doesn't he? Like, I don't understand it because the dude is going to be a billionaire. He's got a, what seems to be a great family. His kids are probably going to play in the league. Like, just be happy, man. Like, it's okay. And I think if he would shut the hell up, they would probably talk in his favor a little bit. But soon, 
as he starts to open his mouth, the talking heads want to point out how he's frat. This ego is fragile. It's fragile. Yeah, I mean, I think LeBron, we all look at LeBron. We, we're not all talking about how he's not probably – He, you could say on paper, arguably the best player who's ever played the game. Statistically, he's just, clearly just, just the best player. The stats. Yeah. But for whatever reason, the man – and, like, he's done everything right. Don't get me wrong. As far as he's hasn't had, like, the social media stuff out there, with, like his personal life, his kids, his wife, it seems to all be clean. He's done it seems seemingly like the right way for the last 20 he's years. He's a good guy. I mean, on page, so. yes. I mean, that's the way it trends. Yeah. So, But the point is, he cannot just go out there and do it. Like, I guess my thing is, if he would have done what he has done and done it like a Tim Duncan style. Oh, yeah. Just I'm, shut your mouth and play, right? Like, like I hate the shut up and dribble analogy, but no, like, but that's kind of what it I, is. I really feel like there would be more people thinking he was better than MJ. Because we like humble, right? Like, why, he, why do you like Barry it. Sanders so much? Part of it's because he was electric. But the dude no, just never said anything. Think about if LeBron just went out there and delivered. I guarantee they would probably be people that thought he passed MJ. There probably would be. You're, the thing about LeBron, when that whole shut up and dribble thing, I'm too important to shut up and dribble. <sighs> He's hurting his legacy with stuff dude, like this, though. The The big difference for me is, like, Jordan would say, you know, it, it was kind of cringy to be called the GOAT because he didn't get to play against the great players before him. Where LeBron is constantly, I'm the GOAT. Make sure you say I'm the greatest of all time. I want to hear it. You better say it. I'm the greatest. He's saying that if he didn't play for the Heat, his numbers would still be great. They would be. He's a stat sheet stuffer. The difference in playing with the Heat and not is instead of going down as Carl Malone, he goes down as a, a better Carl Malone. Like, you know what I mean? With the rings, because if he didn't play in Miami, they went to finals four times, his accomplishments are so much lower. Yeah, but it's just the the fact or that his like, ring level. How many rings did he win in Miami? Two. I guarantee he'd have won at least one. one in not Cleveland. two. Not three. Not four. No. Yeah, he would have <laughs> won at least one ring in Cleveland. So we're probably talking about one ring difference here. Well, I'd say okay, we'll give him one if he gets enough players around him. But the reason he went to Miami is because nobody would play with him in Cleveland. I'm just saying. I, Possibly. But don't go out of your way to find the criticism and then respond to it. Just let people say what they want to say. You and know what Jordan? Thing? You know what Jordan would do? This is why Jordan's the GOAT. Is he just would never like he didn't do an interview with Sports Illustrated for over ten years because he didn't like a piece they wrote about him. Yeah, he they, didn't he didn't talk shit about him. You just didn't get the business now. Right. And, and mind you, you're not like you're not like you didn't grow up as a Jordan fan, but you've realized because you was a Hornets fan back then. I was rooting against Jordan every I know, year. But my point is, you realize he's the goat because of so many reasons. You always wanted to see him lose if you weren't a fan of the Bulls because because right. you're like he's been there, he's done that. But like he never did anything personally to where right, I was right, right. like he I was, don't he like was, him. He was just better than you. Now let's be honest, the PR department was a lot different before social media. Oh, right, right, right. You're right. You know, I think. I hate making political comparisons, but it's kind of like when people talk about Donald Trump. If he just put the damn phone down, maybe people wouldn't hate him as much. LeBron's kind of the same way. Quit talking about your own legacy. I agree with that. Just, I, just shut I, up. I, you hit the nail on the head right there. There's this old saying: "When you're good, you tell others. When you're great, they'll tell you you're great." LeBron, let other people right. tell you. Like that's the thing. Like there are people that will say that we're anti-LeBron or we hate LeBron, especially you, Biggie. Right? That's what people love to say about you. But that's not necessarily the case. It's the 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 way he presents it that kind of is off-putting to people like no, us. But here's the funny part: you hit it from both head, or both ends of the spectrum because you have 
Donald J. Trump who does it like that. <laughs> he he has to keep thinking he's the best ever. He needs that constant reassurance, just like the blonde needs that constant they have reassurance. They the same ego. It's the same thing. Wow. So it's like, yes, you're doing good. Just shut up and just do it. I'm glad I burnt our only monthly political uh, you know, card we no, could I'm play. Just saying, but no, practice. that is a. They both want to keep feeding their own egos. <laughs> you know just how you it. say you can't go above 100, percent 110 percent. I hate that exist. saying. You're that, right. That analogy right there is 110 percent accurate because no, LeBron's out there saying my legacy is huge. I'm the greatest. Uh, just ask him; he'll tell you. Mm. All right, I, I say we uh, swing it over to uh, our buddy Zach Ford. Let's go talk out to the West Coast. Let's talk some baseball, and we'll bring it back and close the show after that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is a friend of the show. We've had him on a couple times, and I don't know, Mr. Brown, we've had this uh, tendency to go out west here lately, and we're back out into the the west coast. Some say the best coast. I'll just say the left coast. It doesn't matter. Wherever you're at up there, he's rocking the Giants gear. Big-time Giants fan. Uh, he's survived McCovey Cove on multiple occasions, as far as I know. But we're bringing him out because he finally – finally has this project he's been working on for years called up. It's a collection of stories of all these players making the show and sharing their experience. Mr. Zach Ford, welcome to the program again. How's it going, sir? It's going well. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Dude, we're super excited. I feel like we connected like maybe during COVID or when, when things were like kind of quiet and, you know, the book was uh, coming to be and you were still, you still had a lot of stories out there. But how does it feel to finally have, uh, you know, the pin down and, and this thing published and out there? To say relieved would be an understatement. <laughs> it was definitely a lot of work over the last four years. I'm glad that uh, I have a finished product and I'm pretty happy with how things turned out with the book. So I know you had an initial uh, idea of how many stories you wanted and then you opened it up and then it kept growing and growing and growing. So where were you at initially when you initially thought about this program and the book? And then where did you end up stopping it at? Originally, when I entered this project, I wanted to have between 75 and 100 stories. Um, ultimately, when all was said and done, I ended up interviewing 149 and 109 are in the book. So wow. yeah. pretty happy with how things turned out, both as far as the quality of stories and the number of stories as well. Pretty diverse from 1961 debut all the way up to 2018. So um, quite a collection of stories in there. That That's definitely interesting to run the game, but I would love to, to see the differences as the decades go by. So we, we talked about this on the show earlier about how MLB, when you get that call, is so much bigger than any other pro sport there is. Nothing like it. So like when you writing this book and telling these stories, it has the most appeal in any of the four major sports because of the dynamics of baseball, because no matter how good you are as that prospect, you don't know when the call is going to happen. Yeah, there's not, uh, I mean, obviously there are developmental leagues like in a, in a NBA and stuff, but um, there's not the same minor league structure of people working their way up the ladder like there is in baseball. Um, so. Um, Quite a quite a few in, in, interesting journeys uh, yeah. that I've been able to capture. I've been um, pretty happy with how things turned out with the, the number of players I talked to. And um, again, 
I, I can't tell you how relieved I am that uh, this is finally booked, man. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure there's uh, some recognizable names that a lot of people would know or pick up on, but there's probably a lot of names that not people would necessarily know. But that's kind of the charm of the system and the way it works, too, because like I, I think we're this is what I said earlier. Like if you're if you're a talent like a Bryce Harper or somebody like that, like if people know who you are, like the story's not that exciting. But like the guy that's gone from single A to double A that you don't know if he's even going to make it to the show and he gets that call. And the thing that's interesting about baseball is for some of these guys, I'd imagine they don't know until they actually get the call. It's not like they're getting a sign beforehand. It's just like a shock and all thing, right? Absolutely. 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 And I do think that uh, as far as a lot of these stories go, um, you know, it, it, it really varies. There's definitely some um overarching themes um throughout all the stories uh because they're all about you know getting that call uh making that debut but they're it, it's amazing that amongst those 109 they're all very unique because they're all human interest stories it's uh Absolutely. it's uh it, it was a uh, quite a fun project to to get those behind the scenes stories from the ball players, many of which I was familiar with when I was a kid. Uh, but to go back to your your reference of you know some of them being lesser known ball players, um, you know there are you know there are quite a few number one picks you know that maybe made their second spring training, and those are good good quality stories. But I tended to gravitate towards those guys who may have spent five, six, shoot. One guy even spent 12 years in the major leagues before getting that call. Uh, and those typically uh, tend to be the stronger stories because obviously if you put, you know, anywhere near 10 years in the major le in minor leagues, you've had some ups and downs. You've had quite an interesting journey. Um, and I was just blessed that so many ballplayers were willing to share that with me. So we're talking to Zach Ford, the author of Called Up, recently published out there for the public to consume. So I guess my question is when you're you're getting these hundreds of stories and you're trying to build the framework for the book, how do you decide on like the order of how this goes? Did you go chronologically or did you have a method to the madness here? How did you decide to finally put that together? Or did you just kind of throw your hands up and say, let an editor take it over? Uh, you know, I went back and forth multiple ways in which to pre present the stories. Uh, in fact, the first time I, when I turned in the manuscript originally, I had it in alphabetical order. Um, went back and forth with the editor a little bit. And uh, I think that uh, the recommendation that I got from the publisher was a good one. And they suggested uh, switching things up, putting them in time, uh, time frame sections. So, um, you know, as I said before, I got debuts all the way from, you know, 1961 to 2018. But what's interesting about having him in time frame section is that there are common themes about what's happening whether or not you know there's you know the expansion drafts of the you know the 60s and 70s or labor strifes those types of things are like you could see uh some continuous uh things i mean there's a lot of players also from the 80s and 90s and obviously a lot of those roster changes a lot of those were impacted uh, by a lot of uh, different things as far as uh, labor goes. Um, quite a few ballplayers that were impacted by the lockout in uh, 1990. Also quite a few that were impacted by the strike in 1994. Um, so to have them in that uh, chronological order kind of chunked out, I have a four different sections that I actually put them in. It was the 60s and 70s. Um, 
and I have 17 players from that time, 80s, um, 15 players, 90s. Here we go. There's a big one. 90 or 42 players. And then since 2000, 35 players. So uh, quite a diverse group of uh, ball players. And I'm just uh, like I said, I can't I can't be uh, express how happy I am that uh, so many people are willing to share their story with me. Well, I mean, that that diversity is what's going to make this a, a New York Times bestseller, I'm sure. So, I mean, you know, we're looking forward to that, that seal of approval when you get it. But I guess without giving too much away, because we want people to buy the book, do you have a name or two or a certain story or two that really stood out to you? Like if you wanted to suck somebody in, is there any of them that stood out to you as your favorites? Uh, there are quite a few. You know what's interesting is I spent about three years interviewing ballplayers. Um, and I would interview a ball player and be like, oh, this is a great story. This is one of the best I've heard. And then a week later, I'd interview somebody and be like, oh, this is a great story. It's one of the best I've heard. <laughs> on for like three years, man. Um, obviously, there are some that I kind of gravitate to, kind of stepping back. Um, like, for example, here's, you know, one of the guys, uh, a guy by the name of Ryan Rowan Smith came up with uh, Mariners in 2007. All right. Signed as an undrafted free agent out of Australia, went to a couple world baseball classics with them, even helped lead them to a, a summer Olympics uh, silver medal. That's um, hyphen, right? But he spent, um, he spent, you know, seven plus years in the minor leagues, finally gets a call up in May of 2017. And at that particular time, he, you know, he's, you know, and he's in the minor leagues. He's not necessarily paying a, as much attention to where the Mariners may be um, <laughs> as, in the schedule that particular time. He's told he's going to go up to the to the major leagues, and this is what he says after he after he gets the news. I got outside and Googled who we were playing. We were playing the Yankees. They had a bunch of lefties in their lineup. Ryan Ronald Smith is a lefty, so he's going to be a specialist coming out of the pen. They had a lot of uh, lefties in the lineup. Jason Giambi, Hideki Matsui, Johnny Damon, all those guys. I'm like, no freaking way. Not the Yankees. I can't just face Tampa Bay on a Tuesday. I can't handle this. <laughs> so he goes up. He goes up and he's in that. He's, you know, reports to that series against the Yankees. And when he reports, his name is misspelled on his jersey. Of course. So he actually has to go out to the bullpen. He actually he's like, well, should I say anything? He finally decided to say something to Clubby. He goes out to the bullpen and they give him a a jersey uh, by mid game. But he's there for three days and doesn't get into a game. So he gets sent back down. He's in the minor leagues for a few weeks. Obviously, he's just like, oh, man. Please be patient. Don't get hurt. You'll have another opportunity. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. You know? And there were quite a few stories where people getting called up multiple times. So fast forward about three weeks, he gets called up again. It's 2007. He gets called up to play in Seattle. The very first series, Ken Griffey Jr. returns to Seattle as a member of the Reds. Mm. All right. So here we go. I'm going to actually read this because it's just too good not to. Nah, we want to hear it. All right. So let's get back here. And uh, 
keep in mind that uh, he's just reported to the Mariners and they're preparing for that series against the, the Reds and King Griffey Jr. He says, I went back up and the first night we're playing the Reds. King Griffey Jr. was back in town for the first time. Again, no soft landing. I'm like, man, can't I just be playing? Can't I just play somebody that's not very good and make it easy for me? We were down 16 to 1. I'm like, okay, tonight's my <laughs> night. This is gonna happen. Mm. I start getting loose, and they said, you're gonna face a lefty. The three lefties in that lineup were Josh Hamilton, Adam Dunn, and King Griffey Jr. Right. They're all all-stars. <laughs> I just want to face King Griffey Jr. my first time because I was so nervous. Lo and behold, the first batter I ever faced was King Griffey Jr. Everybody's on their feet. They all want to see him hit a home run. I come in, they're on their feet, but it's definitely not for me. I felt <laughs> like I hadn't thrown a baseball in two months. My hand was numb, and all I was thinking was, just throw strikes, don't walk them. You got to remember something. I grew up in Australia in the 1990s. We didn't have access uh, to the internet or all the all the uh, players, but we did have access to guys like King Griffey Jr. because he was on The Simpsons. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, that's good, man. This dude was on the freaking Simpsons. People at home even know who this guy is. I remember I threw my last warm up pitch and walked around on the mound trying to look cool. I'm like, what am I doing here? I don't belong here. Willie Blomcrest was playing short. He walked over to me and said, hey man, just enjoy it. It's just another hitter, have some fun. That calmed me down a little. I said to myself, just throw strikes. All of a sudden I had two strikes against them. I'm looking at that iconic stance and I'm like, I'm gonna try and snap off the biggest curveball of my life here. <laughs> I did, he swung over it. And I swear the place booed me. <laughs> I believe it. He says, my uh says my mom. She uh, didn't boo him too. My mom she? and stepdad had flown over, but their flight got delayed and missed the game. When I picked them up, my mom asked, Did you pitch? I said, Yeah, and she was bummed. Then I told her I faced King Griffey Jr. And she said, Oh my God. <laughs> so mom was aware of who junior was yeah. <laughs> yes i mean that's a that's that's definitely one that stands out um but uh quite a few a guy by the name of nick oh a guy by the name of nick kingham uh came up with the 2018 pirates uh actually it was during his ninth pro season and he had had tommy john he had ankle injuries all this type of stuff going up and down uh reports he gets the news on a wednesday he's going to be pitching that sunday for the pirates has plenty of time to prepare family comes out they have a great family outing um cold dreary night in pittsburgh but he goes out and throws a perfect game into the seventh inning in his first big league game after being in the minors for eight plus years in his ninth pro season. <laughs> You're not, not good so. enough to make the show in seven or eight years, but we can uh, go through a perfect game for almost three quarters of the game. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of these, uh, no. every, every time I hear that story, I think of uh, Crass Davis talking on the bus about how the moment in the show 
was so good. And, and I know he knows what I'm talking yeah. about. But. Well, I was thinking uh, it'd be funny if he would have threw in like a fake one. Like you could have done like Rick Vaughn in there and like just see if he might notice. <laughs> Out of the California. Yeah, I, I, decided, I decided to stick with real stories. <laughs> no, it's it's definitely nonfiction. Uh, so no, but it's uh, <laughs> no, I mean, the stories are amazing. And, and like, that's the thing is like, w- there's nothing really like it. It'd be the equivalent of like the NFL draft, right? Like it's like one big moment, but the only difference is these guys are grinding it out in a profession. They don't get draft night in the stage. They're just in some town and they're like playing for the Toledo mud hens. And then they get a call, you know, it's just, it's, yep. it's, it's, there's nothing like it. So, and, and these guys are like working for peanuts while they're in the minor league system too. So like they, they desperately want that phone to ring. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's quite a few references to uh, changing from uh, peanut butter and jelly spreads to basically having anything you want once you walk oh, into that yeah. clubhouse. Man, we got a minor league yeah, team the, here in Charleston. The shock that- factor of the minor leaguers, you know, that have been there for five, six, seven years struggling to get by on. I mean, seriously, some of these guys. Oh, dude. Know, I, there was making like, like less than $1,500 a month. There was um, uh, there was a, a bunch of guys that lived house. in this. There was a bunch of guys that lived in this house in Charleston down here, and uh, there was like eight of them lived in this two or three bedroom apartment. And uh, I would I only knew that because I drove Uber on the weekends. I'd pick them up sometimes, and that's how they got to the game. They didn't even have a car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of these guys make shoot. Um, they talk about reporting to the big leagues getting their uh travel you know get, you know getting reimbursed for their travel because maybe they drove instead um and then they get their first envelope of meal money and going oh my gosh this is literally more than i made <laughs> their per diem yeah <laughs> like, just give me that per diem check i'll be happy yeah um, well Quite man contract. hey uh, so where all can people find your book at so is it on amazon where where all can people track it down Pretty much anywhere books are sold. Um, if you do a Google search, Zach Ford called up. There's going to be a bunch of different options pop up. Calleduproject.com um, is the website that I've been maintaining. On there, there's a link to multiple order options everywhere from Amazon to McFarland Direct, Barnes & Noble. Also, uh, within the last couple of weeks, it came out on both Kindle and Nook. So there are some ebook versions uh, available as well. Nice. Well, we'll do our part. Make sure we get it out there for as much as uh, the listening audience cares to hear it, because we're excited for you, man. And we know you've been putting a lot of work and effort into it. But, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least uh, hit on a couple of things outside the book, just because uh, we know you're the Giants fan. You're famously known for having a car. He's not a friend of the show for nothing. Yeah. We got to give him some, uh, well, get, get some hot takes here. And I'm trying to friend his cardboard cutout on Facebook, right, cool. but I can't find him. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think, oh, wait, he might go grab it. Oh, no. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, he's famous. He's even, oh, got, there he is. why has it got a hole in the chest? Is that where the home run ball hit it? Uh, they, that's where they actually put the little bands through to connect it to the. Uh, okay, just making uh, sure nobody just, took your heart out. There. I think Nate Sherholz hit, hit him right there in the chest <laughs> that year or something. I don't know. Well, I think when we talked last time, it was a day or two after I had gone out for opening day of 2020, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and when I was watching uh, the highlights of that particular game, Tatis came within about five or 10 feet of uh, a. Of, of drilling my cutout but i think that's the the closest i came i i think i told you guys that when i did get it finally returned to me i was hoping to have all sorts of different dings and yeah. you know have it be broken 
home run balls and everything like that, but it's unfortunately in pretty good shape. I, uh, yeah. That's okay. That's the only thing I want to remember about 2020, to be honest. Yeah, amen. With you. It's just, just amen. That, that time. Yeah, that was not the best year. <laughs> so I, I got to ask, though, because uh, the Rangers are now the World Series champions. And as a Giants fan, you know, is that a little bittersweet? How do you feel? Bochi comes out of retirement and leads them to the promised land. I wouldn't say it's bittersweet. I mean, I would just say I'm totally happy for him. Totally happy yeah, for the I, Rangers. I, I agree with that. I mean, I, there's, there's, I mean, obviously I'm bummed that the Giants have been pretty bad the last few years. Yeah, I mean, uh, that bad. The they, they've of, been competitive. With the exception of 2021, obviously 2021 was uh, one heck of a year. Um, not in the playoffs, but at least regular <laughs> yeah. season. Um, but no, I got, I got nothing but love for Bochi and I'm, I'm happy. Hey, so when the news broke this year and like when they hired him, was you like, oh, that's awesome for him? Or was you like, you know, kind of bitter? I thought he was said. retired. What, so what like, these coming to back? me, nah, as, as, nah, soon, I mean, as, soon, as soon as I saw that they got him, I was like, they're stamping their ticket right now to the postseason. I, that was that much of a difference for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, also think about the Rangers, how they were able to perform in the World Series, too. I mean, they didn't have DeGrom. They didn't have Scherzer. Uh, what uh, Garcia got hurt early in the World Series after just yep. being invincible. Yeah, he was on fire uh, in the American League Championship Series. So, hey, hey I know I one thing. I'd like to be Jordan Montgomery's agent right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They got, and they got a good future too, I think. So, yeah. um, how, how you we'll feeling about your boys out in San Fran? How how are they going to do? I know the uh, the West is unique right now because the Dodgers are. I feel like they've uh, projected uh, to spend all their money on Otani if they're able to do so, and the Padres are kind of in a little bit of a flux. I right feel now. like they're going to go Otani, or if, the, if they don't get Otani, they're going to fall back on that Japanese pitcher. They could, but what are the Giants going to do? Yeah. How do you feel about the offseason? How's the Giants' hot stove look? You know I'm not a blindly optimistic fan, right? You know, no, I'm, no, not at I'm all. A, you're the opposite. Fan. We appreciate that. So, I think you're pessimistic yeah. of anything. Yeah. So, well, uh, let me let me rewind a little bit. I remember you guys asked me at the beginning of 2021 how many games I thought the Giants would win that year, and I think I said 82. And you guys were like, "Really? Are you? That sounds pretty optimistic." And they ended up winning what 107? Yeah, that, um, that, that was I I I was with you. That was the only yeah. prediction I got right all year was I said the Giants would be in contention for that division at the end of the season. Somehow they were. How does that Giants Somebody's team have more wins than this year's Braves team? Hey, <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> make that make sense. Yeah. I, I I'll I'll say that I think the Giants have a few years of rebuilding. Yeah. I mean, realistically, I think of this. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm not a blindly optimistic fan. I'm going to look at my team. I'm going to look at them realistically and analyze things as they are. Um, I'm thinking second, third place is I think is, it's realistic. Is, is a goal. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little I mean, obviously, obviously, you always want to get first place, but I mean, right. let's be. Realistically, in that division, it, it's it's going to be seeking out that wild card spot. So I'm looking from an outside perspective. You have the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. 
The D-backs were just in the World Series. You have the Padres now have new management. They have way better talent than what they displayed on the field. So now, really, I hate to say it, but it's between you and the Rockies. <laughs> what, us and the Rockies for the worst team? Is that what you're, you're implying? You're, yeah, I don't think I think it's the Rockies, and then you guys are at least ahead of them. <laughs> I, I'm not going to put you down on their level, but I would say like you and the Padres are battling between three and four. I don't I don't know if I want to fight you, so uh, <laughs> hey, no. No, we're, we're gonna get in third place. You wanna oh. throw down about this? I mean <laughs> I'll die on that hill. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Hey, did you spend any, did you spend any time out on the kayak this year? No, I haven't since 2021. I did uh what about eight or nine times in 2020. I mean, keep in mind, obviously in 2020, that's the only way you could be exposed to baseball, really. <laughs> yeah. Um 2021, I went out two or three times. I haven't been out since. I mean, the thing that was great about 2020 is they didn't have special event parking. I'm able to park out there for $3. I'm able to yeah. drop my kayak. Nobody's around. Uh, obviously, you know, when there's, you know, 40 plus thousand people in the stadium, they got special event parking and there's, you know, so many people around the stadium, it's a little bit harder to drop your kayak and just go on about your business. If I'm going to spend that much money, I'm going to, I'm going to want to be in the park. Now, I'm gonna spend 40 to 50 bucks on parking. I'm not gonna spend 40 to 50 bucks on parking so I could drop a kayak. Is part of the reason why you haven't been back is because didn't you lose one going down the interstate one day? I didn't oh my God, bring that dude. up. It was I'm that sorry. first night. It was that first <laughs> night opening night. We come back home and shoot, I don't know what time it is. It's pretty darn late. Um, a few hours after the game, and uh, somebody pulls up next to us and is going our same speed at on the freeway and i'm like that's kind of weird and they start you know i look over and they they're pointing up to the roof and i'm like oh that's probably not a good sign i pull off the <laughs> side of the road and we have one or two kayaks up there and i'm like oh that's not good so I, hung around for a while. I hung around for a while to make sure nobody was you know driving by with a kayak sticking out of their windshield nothing like that and <laughs> I, I assume everything was good. I actually did a little loop for a few exits to come back, try and find my kayak. I wasn't able to salvage the kayak either, find the kayak. So I don't know. Hey, somebody somebody the, somewhere the is happy somebody with Somebody did kayak. get hurt with it. <laughs> What's that? I said somebody somewhere is happy now that they have a kayak. Hopefully yeah. it still floats. Uh, I think yes. you're safe though, Zach. I think we're good now. Your grandfather okay. then. You you're, you're, you're good. Yeah. Statue limitations. Yes. yes. Is that what we're talking yes. about? Um <laughs> uh, all right, we gotta put a bow on it, man, before we let you go. Uh so uh, you know, we're watching some Thursday night football here in the background. I don't know if I've ever asked you, man, who's your squad? Who's your NFL team, or do you have one? I'm a Niners guy. I, I, figured, Niners. I didn't want to assume. I didn't want to assume. But, yeah. I've been a Niners guy since before I was even a Giants guy. Oh, wow. um, I was I was I was following the Niners before I even followed baseball. Um, I used to go to the old uh, Niners training camp. My dad used to take me. Got to meet Steve Young, Jerry Rice, Roger Craig. You know, 1986, 1987. Those years. Those were yeah. those are some good Niner years. So uh, are they going to write the ship, man? What's up? Are they going to? There's no way they lose four in a row, right? They have to. I mean, how? Well, I, I say they have to. I mean, obviously, there's a possibility of them. I don't know. I, 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 I be the optimist here. Be the optimist. 
out. Uh, there, I have more optimism <laughs> about the 49ers doing well through the playoffs and the rest of the season than in baseball with my Giants. Well, I'd hope so. <laughs> they they should be that that team. We we thought they were the best team in the NFL. I for think the, first the law of averages is going to show this week that the uh, Niners will win this week. They have to, right? Uh, like we we keep forgetting that Purdy is who he is. Yeah, I, he's and, grossly overperformed, and everybody. That's hurt. not a bad thing. Everybody's been hurt. My point is, he is who he is. So he's going to have bumps in the roads, and we haven't seen him as much as we should. So. Like, look at Peyton Manning's first year stats. <laughs> yeah, right. Think he about led that. the league in interceptions. It, it'll be so, okay. Brock Purdy's going to be just fine, brother. And I, I think still believe in him. So y'all are just fine. I'm a Raiders <laughs> fan, so I wish I was a Niners fan. Well, the Niners also, and you you you'd referenced it briefly, but the Niners also had a lot of injuries too. Um, that where they're not playing at 100. percent So we'll see what happens this this weekend. But uh, I'm definitely uh, I. I'm definitely feeling that they're gonna turn things around. They're not they're it's it's been too bad the last three weeks. <laughs> it can't stay like this forever, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, hey man, we'll let you go. We appreciate you jumping on with us again. The book is called up, and you can get it pretty much anywhere you can find it. Just Google it, ladies and gentlemen. It's not that hard. It's 2023. We know how to find things on the internet. But uh, it's a collection of stories from all these different baseball players and and their journey as they made it from the minors up to the majors. And Zach's put a labor of love into this for a few years. And I'm excited to get a copy. I can't wait. And, uh, man, I wish you the best of luck and success. Sell a lot of books. And uh, maybe we can get a sequel if it does that well, right? We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm, uh, I definitely appreciate you guys having me. Thank you very much. Right. Do you like my little uh, intro video I made for the the podcast this week? I was trying to hype you up, man. I know people actually may have thought I was important after watching that. Mm. I made you look good, pal. Uh, I wanted to ask <laughs> I you. I, I had to that. ask you before I let you go. What's up with signing the foul pole out there? Is that a thing? What's that? Oh, the signing the foul pole? Yeah, that's a pesky pole, man. That's one of the big uh, traditions. Uh, going to Fenway Park is signing the pesky pole. That's what that was. There. See, I was just stalking your social media. I know what that weird. is. I, well, did, I, did, boss? I didn't know. It was in his profile. It was, oh. cool. it was a cool pick. I was like, I'm taking this. It was awesome. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I had gone to Fenway twice prior to that and for some reason i had and i had knew about the tradition of signing the pesky bowl and poland just had totally forgotten but last time uh last year i did uh did have the opportunity to sign it i would take white out with me and just make sure my name is visible just sorry guys <laughs> oh man there are so many layers of paint on that thing covering uh different signatures mm. it's is it is hard to find a, a space even for uh the name zach uh, and it doesn't even have the C in it. It's just Z-A-K, right? <laughs> yeah, Z-A-K, Zach. You know, I had to squeeze Z-A-K in there. Mm-mm-mm. All right, Zach, we appreciate you, brother. Thanks for sharing the stories as always, man. And everyone, make sure you pick up a copy of Called Up, out available anywhere you can find books. But, Zach, it's been real, man. We'll catch you again down the road, brother. Have a good one. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great night. All right, see you, bro. Don't forget to follow us on all forms of social media, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll keep bringing you new content wherever you get it. 
Special recognition to Mr. Brown's Labor of Love, a growing Facebook group, America's Pastime for the Love of Baseball. There, hundreds of former big league players, umpires, managers, announcers, and writers interact with our fans to talk all things baseball. Make sure you find our other Facebook groups as well and give them a like, a follow, and a subscribe to We Don't Know Sports on all platforms. All right, I got to tell you, I'm missing Mongo because uh, usually he brings the bow to put on the show. He gives us his mentionable moments. Just moments. Just moments now. Mongo's moments. Yes. Because if they weren't mentionable, they wouldn't wouldn't be mentioning them. (laughs) So uh, I got to mention this. Is uh, I went to uh, a concert Saturday. Took my son. We went to go see Tool. Yeah. And uh, Mongo was there. And uh, I don't know if you guys knew this or not. This is hilarious. So this is you know ten thousand people seeing Tool. Great show by the way. And I go to the bathroom, and when I walk in there, there's only one person in the urinal, and it's Mongo in this entire facility. You're serious? Yeah. And I go up next to him in the urinal, and I just start saying the weirdest things as loud as I can for the entire people in the bathroom to turn around and look to wonder like what is happening here. Mm. And I was asking him, I was like, can you see what time it is? I can't read my watch, pal. You know, people were really uncomfortable by this, but you know, that's what you do when you, when the iron's hot, you strike and you make people feel really awkward. But have you ever seen tool in, in concert? It's an amazing show. <laughs> I can't say I have <laughs> one time years ago. Really? Nice. Years ago. So it was good. I have a slight gripe, and people are going to get really upset with me. There's, well, there's there's going to be the the camp that is like, no, I see where Chad's coming from, and then there's going to be the people that say you're not really in the Tool Army, you don't understand, blah blah blah. So if you go see Tool live, what are some songs you want to hear? Well, <laughs> you tell me. All right, so maybe I know Tool better than you guys. But, you know, their most famous song is Sober. Yeah. They don't play it. I get that. It's played out. Maybe they, they get tired. It's kind of like Creep and Radiohead. You know, you don't you don't play it anymore. But they didn't play 46 and 2. They didn't play um, um, uh, Lateralists, I think. Uh, I mean, they, they played some good songs, but like some of their more um, – they didn't play – or they closed with Stink Fist, I think. Or no. Maybe they didn't even play Stink Fist. But like some of their best songs – they left off the set list. And I was a little disappointed because I don't know when they're coming back and I want to hear the best songs that they have too. And you can be like, well, you're just in the, the pop culture. Well, you just like the popular songs. Well, yeah, that's what I heard. That's what I've grown up listening oh, that's to. That's kind of where they became big was the popular songs. Like, do you want to go see the Rolling Stones? And they're like, we're going to play you 10 songs off our new album. No, you want to hear bitch and paint it black and oh, you know what I mean? You don't want to hear you want to hear no give me shelter, right? You don't want to hear the new crap. I'm sorry. I'm just a little upset. When I go to a concert, I'm going to listen to you play your hits and mix in one or two new ones. I don't want to hear your eight new songs. Right. Like it's just I, I maybe I'm just not a fan, but I was a little upset by that. Hold on one second. <laughs> I got You're trying to scare of, the hiccups out, out of him? him? I got him out of him. Biggie never gets the hiccups. No, I think he does a lot. No, I, I haven't noticed it. Are you feeling okay? Well, I never get the hiccups, so I don't know how to feel. So we don't know if I kind of feel like I might sporadically not. combust. That did put a little shock combust? in my heart, but oh. I'm not sure if it was like a mini heart attack or if you scare the hiccups out of me. So but you felt something. Straight through me. Yes. I'd rather feel something yes. than nothing at all. All through me. All, right, so all through me. I'm gonna put a bow on the show. I don't, I don't have a lot of things to talk about. I just have one thing. Have you guys ever seen a hobby horse competition? 
No. So I didn't know what this was until this past week. And look, just me showing you this, it opens me up to criticism because how would you even know what this is, Chad? You are the guy who would know what it is. So, you know, the the My Little Pony was like a cartoon show back in the day. No, we know that. My favorite thing about that was when they had a movie that went to the theaters, there was these videos online of like just grown ass men with no kids that were going to watch it. You know, the bronies. Did you ever hear about that? No. There was dudes that were like that I was their I don't dig that dude. That was their thing, right? So it's weird. This is not this. This is taking way too seriously. But I gotta pull it up on YouTube here behind us. We're just gonna play it in the background. And I just want to hear y'all's reaction on what you think about hobby horse competition. Why'd you mute it? Well, because that mic's probably won't pick it up really well, but you know we gotta get through the ads and all this Vibrant stuff. Vibrant anyway. downtown Lexington, Man, Lexington does look nice. I bet Lexington's a midtown. I don't think it's great, but yeah, there's a Lexington commercial in here. But here's your hobby horse competition. So this is a real athletic competition. So what are you guys seeing so far? I mean, I feel like yoga and calisthenics probably are in your best interest. So you and, got this? Uh, maybe this, dyeing your hair. <laughs> there's. What's what's happening here? What is Man, this? Great eyeshadow. This, this chick is she's dancing around with a toy horse. Yes. This isn't a good. Video. I felt like this was like a nineties Where, video I saw once. Where's the best one? That, uh, that was. A, I've no, seen that video before. No, you haven't seen this. One. <laughs> we gotta find the count. Look at this. Oh, nice. oh, here's dudes doing it. Oh. He said, ride that pony. He I'm says, a pony. We've trained for this. This is my competition. Yes. Dude, they're they're literally doing jumps like an obstacle course, like they're real horses. This is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. I know. But how do you find it, Chad? I don't know how I found it. You know. I don't. I wish I could tell you. But why why are there why are there people that go to these competitions and like they take their kids to them? Like your kid plays soccer, right? Yeah. How would you feel if your son was like, Dad, I don't want to play soccer anymore. I want to do hobby horse competitions. I would probably respond like Hank Hill would have. Boy! <laughs> I think that's fair. That boy ain't right. Yeah, exactly. But like, I mean, I'm being but, honest, okay? But he could be like, look, Dad, I could pick out the horse I want. I could decorate it. Yeah. Slap how my, how about no, okay? <laughs> Give him four knocks to the head. Reset that hard drive. <laughs> Look I think this. if he came at me, I'd literally be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it. What? Like, they rented out a gymnasium here for this. This is stupid. I, I know it's stupid. I can't do this. Why, but, like, why is this a thing? Is this the world we're in now? Yes. yes. Why is this? Uh, you want to see a high jump? Do we got anybody? Oh, I'd love to see a high jump. Oh, look. look. Oh, 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 she hit the, she the bar. She hit the- DQ'd. Ah. Uh, I like how they dress up. Like some of them are wearing hey, like proper attire. They better euthanize that bitch. It's <laughs> gonna be glue tomorrow. <laughs> or dog food. Like, like look at this. This kid's not dressed for the Nay. Nay. Oh, uh, look, look at the de- she's devastated. They've trained all year for this. And she- Chad, turn us off, uh, please. So you guys need to go YouTube hobby horse competitions. No, it's terrible. Chad, I want Don't the last four minutes of my life back. Please. No, if I saw it, I had to bring you down please. to my level. <laughs> First of all, would you ever, if there was one coming to Charleston, would no. you, you wouldn't go watch it? No. I wouldn't go if I was free tickets. <laughs> What if I paid you ten dollars? No. <laughs> now I would you get me drunk that. before? I don't. They're probably not allowed to sell alcohol at those events. No. And I'm you, saying if you're like, would you, I will 
make sure I buy you a 12-pack of Big Timber, and then we'll go to this horse competition. <laughs> here's my hobby horse. Okay. Uh, here's my question. What is the uh, ratio of people that are registered sex offenders that show up and watch this? 75%. Oh. Yeah, right. It's three-fourths, right? Oh, my God. It's so So weird. there's two things about this. Can you bet on it? I well now see hey, I got Biggie's interest now. <laughs> Biggie, you're the one that we should be asking. Hey Biggie, like, hey Biggie. Biggie goes to the dog track. Can we bet on hobby horse? Because yeah. I know if we can, you're already in that deep I'll circle. Find, I'm gonna find that rabbit hole. I'm not clicking on this, but there's one that's two and a half hours long, and it's a whole competition. I'm not being mean. I feel like uh, Biggie has like a, a five parlay hobby horse this weekend. <laughs> he bought, how do you how do you decide on the who kids from Framington are doing better than the kids from Farmington? She's like, she's like, well, you know, I like this one because she's probably six foot tall. She's got long limbs. I bet she can clear the long jump. Is that how you identify? That's a swell mare right there. <laughs> it is. <laughs> she's in her prime. <laughs> You like See, that. I got Boom. a trifecta. That's a Clydesdale right there, pal. The Kentucky Dove. He's got nothing on a hobby horse. <laughs> uh, if you guys have stayed in the show this long to get the hobby horse, I apologize. But yeah, if you go terrible. to YouTube, you'll never regret it. I promise you. It'll be something that'll be uh, burned in your memory forever. But uh, let's wrap it up. We got some Thursday Night Football to finish watching. But make sure you check out our picks. We got the separate show that drops on Saturday mornings where we do our NFL Stone Cold Lead Pipe Locks of the Week. We appreciate Zach Ford coming on the show. We're going uh, out west again next week. We got a, a guy who's a lawyer out in California. He's a big uh, cow fan. So we, we're, we're just going to talk about the demise of the Pac-12. That's going to be exciting. And then Biggie should do that interview. Yeah, you going to be down for that? I'm down for the high That's good. I don't know what that was. but uh, That's, it's Biggie, gonna be, that's Biggie's alley right there. That's uh, Biggie-ism. So. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for letting us invade your ears of the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your shows, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We give you two episodes a week during the NFL season. We'll be back next week. We're taking Thanksgiving off, so get the content as much as you can while we got it. Have a, gr- have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.